Here's the thing. People love to project their fears onto you when you're moving abroad, right? Like they, they might have never thought about moving abroad, have no desire to move abroad, have no desire to travel extensively long-term, visit the countries that you're interested in going to. And so they will project their fears onto you. So my advice going into this conversation is to come prepared with your plan and answers to these questions. Welcome to the Move Abroad Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle, and this podcast is for you if you're ready to finally move abroad. So if you've been talking about moving abroad for years and still haven't made the move, I'm here to walk you through the entire process with concrete step-by-step info, deep dives into the fears keeping most of us stuck at home, and a healthy dose of motivation to make sure you turn your dream of moving abroad into a reality. So what are you waiting for? Let's get the adventure started. So the holidays are almost here and Christmas is this weekend. And I know many of you are thinking about talking to your friends and family about moving abroad, right? You've got the whole family together. And I know some of you, because uh, you've messaged me and you've told me on coaching calls, are talking, are going to talk to your family about moving abroad over the holidays. And I know that that can be really scary, right? What if people aren't supportive? What if uh, the people in your family, they don't get it? What if there are questions you can't answer? What if they think you're irresponsible? Responsible. What if, what if, what if, what if, right? <laughs> and also talking to people about moving abroad, whether it's friends, family, or even strangers, it makes it feel more real, which is also a little bit scary. Um, you know, like once we start telling people that this is happening, it's no longer a dream and it's now becoming a reality. Now, usually a lot of the people that I work with are quite pleasantly surprised that your friends and your family are actually more supportive than you think. I can't tell you how many times people have come on a call with me and said, wow, you know, like I really thought that that conversation would be way more rough than it was. Like everybody was really supportive. People encouraged me to go. I was shocked. Like usually that's how it goes. Um, But, you know, every once in a while I do have people tell me, oh, that conversation with a friend or that conversation with like my parents didn't go as well as I would have hoped. You know, it was kind of messy. So if you're worried that the conversation won't go well, or if you just want to be prepared before you go into that conversation, this is the episode for you. So a lot of times, um, you know, the things that people worry about, their friends and family thinking are, you know, worrying that you're not being responsible, uh, worrying that it's not going to be safe for you to move abroad, that it's unsafe, especially if you're a woman. Um, There are worries about your career, throwing your career away, or what's going to happen to your career that you've worked so hard for. Um, There can be a lot of money fears. What if you, how are you going to make money? What if you run out of money abroad? Like all that kind of stuff. Do you have enough saved? And then number five, uh, worries or, or being upset around you being too far away. Now, it's funny because this one comes up even if you live across the country from your family. Like, let's say they live on the West Coast, you live on the East Coast, and they're still like, oh, but it's so far. It's like, it's already like a five-hour plane ride to see you, but okay. Um, so yeah, it's not responsible. It's not safe. What about your career, money, fears, and being too far away? Those are probably the top five 
that tend to come up. Either um, they're the ones that your friends and family bring up or they're the ones that um, I often prep people for. Like they're worried that that's what their friends and family are going to worry about. So here's the thing. People love to project their fears onto you when you're moving abroad, right? Like they, they might have never thought about moving abroad, have no desire to move abroad, have no desire to travel extensively long-term, visit the countries that you're interested in going to. And so they will project their fears onto you. So my advice going into this conversation is to come prepared with your plan and answers to these questions, right? So we want to be able to tell them, A, what the plan is, and then B, when the what ifs and the fears come up, you want to be prepared to actually give them answers to those questions and, and appease their fears so that they feel a little bit better about you moving abroad. Now, if you don't have a plan, and by a plan, I'm talking about figuring out what kind of lifestyle you want, um, figuring out what you're gonna do for money, where you're gonna move, or at least what what area of the world you're gonna start in, if you're gonna be a digital nomad, and then when you're going, right? Like that's your overall plan. If you don't have a plan, I do have, hint, hint, <laughs> a little sneak peek, I do have the another round of the Move Abroad Escape Plan Bootcamp coming up in early 2024. So if you're interested in working together to create your own personalized move abroad plan, you can hop on the waitlist and we do have a special gift for everybody who's on the waitlist uh, if you do end up coming to the bootcamp. So um, I'll link to the waitlist in the show notes, um, but you can you can hop on there, just put your name and email and we'll let you know um, as soon as we open up uh, so you can grab your ticket. But in this bootcamp, we're going to actually work together to create your own plan. So if you don't have one, Definitely come to that in early 2024. Now, uh, in addition to your plan, we need to, like, or even if you don't have a plan, actually, you want to go into that conversation with confidence, right? Be honest about what you've got for your plan so far, what you're thinking, what you're working on. Explain that you're still researching and then remain calm and confident. Like we don't want to get heated even if the other person does, right? So obviously having a whole plan built out makes the conversation much easier, but if you haven't had a chance to come to the boot camp yet or if you don't have your plan set in stone, that's okay. You know, we, we're going to be honest. We're going to explain that we're still working on it. Um, but we're going to tell them what we're thinking so far. You're going to tell them that you're doing a lot of research, that you're, you know, listening. You can even say I'm working with a coach, even if you're just listening to the podcast. Uh, and then, yeah, the most important thing is that we have to remain calm and we have to have an air of confidence because if you start getting heated, it's just going to devolve into, or into like an argument and then that's not going to get you anywhere, right? And then if you don't have confidence, the other person will sense that and then they'll start picking apart your idea or your plan, right? Um, or your lack of confidence will make them feel more worried and more, you know, oh, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? So if you kind of come in with an air of confidence, if you know that you're going to move abroad, you know that you're working towards this, you have some general ideas, and you just remain calm and confident throughout the entire conversation, you're way more likely to have that other person get on board. Now, uh, this is when the what ifs typically come up and even the most supportive people tend to have a few what ifs. So 
Um, this is where I call it objection busting, right? So it's like coming up with a response when people say, but what if this happens? But what about this? Have you thought about this? And you can say, yes, actually I have. And here's, here's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to give you a couple examples. Um, for example, it's not safe, right? Moving abroad isn't safe. Well, if you're worried that the people that you're talking to are going to worry about that, uh, you can come prepared by by listening to, you know, for example, some of my podcast episodes, like episode 28, we talk about, um, you know, safety and living abroad. Uh, so you can, you know, compare safety stats between the U.S. and the country that you're looking at moving to and bring up things like, hey, you know, the U.S. actually isn't very safe. And you can quote some stats on gun violence and violent crime, which you can grab from that podcast episode because um, I did the research for you. Uh, but you can explain that you're only looking at safe countries, right? Or you're you're looking at places that are actually safer than the U.S. Um, for example, people... People freaked out when I mentioned that I was moving, that I was considering moving to Mexico, right? I told some of my, you know, my parents' friends and like, oh, is it safe? You know, there are a lot of worries around that. Um, and I, I explained, I was like, I'm only looking at the, you know, the top safest cities or locations in Mexico. I'm not moving anywhere in Mexico that's dangerous. I'm, I'm looking at, at cities that are actually objectively safer, um, especially in terms of violent crime and gun violence, than a lot of cities in the U.S. And, you know, um, I, I sort of had those stats ready to go. And if they said, oh, but Mexico City, like, that's not safe. I said, no, it used to be unsafe, but actually it's one of the safest places in Mexico right now. Um, and I said, you know, there are couple of neighborhoods in Mexico City that aren't safe but you know I lived in DC there are, there are a couple of neighborhoods in DC that aren't safe either New York right LA um, and that usually got people to kind of laugh and like calm down and go oh yeah you're right right so I I, I appease them by saying look like I know that sometimes in the U.S. we have a perception that Mexico is more dangerous than the U.S. but that's actually not completely the case. And, you know, I'm more likely to get shot at, you know, a mall or a school in the U.S. than some cartel hit in Mexico, right? Um, so sort of talk through their concerns. Show them that, that the places that you're moving are actually more safe than the U.S. and kind of objection bust that idea that the U.S. is way safer than a lot of countries because that is not true. And you can listen to episode 28 <laughs> to prepare for that conversation if you'd like. Um, now, like, let's Let's talk money then. Let's let's say that money is the worry that you think that your friends or your family might have. Well, one thing that you can do is actually calculate the cost for the country that you're moving to, right? See how much um, it's actually going to cost in terms of rent, you know, cost of living, all that kind of good stuff so that you can see, okay, what would I need to make in order to survive in this country? Like how we want to create a budget before we move. We can also budget around the move, like how much is it going to actually cost to move there? Because here's the thing, moving abroad doesn't have to be expensive. And and I've lived in countries that are much cheaper than the U.S. Um, obviously, my rent has gone up now, but when we first moved to Georgia, our rent was $500 a month for a one-bedroom apartment that is usually sometimes listed on Airbnb. So I didn't have to buy anything for the apartment. Like they had bedding, they had towels, they had everything. Um, like dishes, plates, all that good stuff. Uh, when we lived in Vietnam, granted this was a while back, but we had a Q one bedroom place with a shared pool in Hoi An, Vietnam for 
it was just over $400 a month. Okay. So living abroad does not have to be expensive. Um, and you know, even some of the quote unquote more expensive countries, you might be able to save money by not having a car or not having to pay crazy amounts for health insurance every month, like all of that kind of stuff. So actually creating a budget is a good way to appease not only friends and family, but also yourself (laughs) to know that your salary is going to be more than enough to cover the cost of living in this country and also save for the future, right? So if you want to eventually buy property one day, or if you want to, um, you know, take time off, like take a sabbatical to just travel the world, or if you want to save for retirement, like living abroad can actually help with that, especially if you're struggling in the U.S. Because I've met so many people here that make really good salaries, like over 100000 a year. And they're like, yeah, it's not enough, you know, especially in cities like L.A., San Francisco, uh, New York. They're like, it's it's I'm making like $150,000 a year and it's still not enough for my cost of living here. And I'm like, Jesus, what happened? <laughs> right. So um, it, those types of salary, like you can make less than that abroad in many countries and and be totally fine. Like I was making I was just getting started with freelancing and coaching in Vietnam. And I was making like just over $1,000 a month. And it was fine because my rent was 400 something dollars a month. And I split that with my, uh, at the time, boyfriend, fiance, now husband, but we split it, right? So it was, it was great. Um, and it was totally fine that I wasn't making that much money. So um, the ways that we can kind of uh, appease this worry with with friends and family. Usually, usually the money thing comes up with um, parents, uh, but we can we can explain how you know this this uh, new job and lifestyle that you're going for will actually give you more savings, or that's actually the goal is that your cost of living versus salary will actually give you more savings, um, and that you can explain that moving abroad doesn't have to be expensive. You can name drop my examples. You can name drop you can drop your research and say I've been looking at a apartments in, you know, in Paris, and actually they're cheaper than here, you know, something like that. Um, Now, if you are interested in getting some more info to go into that conversation prepared, we do have an episode on this. It's episode 15, all around saving money to move abroad and sort of myth busting those money objections. So definitely go give episode 15 a listen. Uh, And then finally, something that will be really, really helpful for you, not only to have this conversation, but also just for your move, is the Move Abroad Budget Calculator, which we have created that allows you to calculate or or helps you to calculate your, your, not only your Move Abroad budget, but also uh, your your budget for on the ground in that other country. So you plug in, you do your your budget research, you plug it into the calculator, and it's going to tell you exactly how much it's going to cost for you to move abroad, like how much you'll need to save, and then also how much your cost of, like what your cost of living is in this country and I have like a normal month section and then I also have a splurge month section so if you want to like go crazy one month uh and and you see you can kind of have like the average and the high end to sort of compare and this also allows you to plug in your salary 
and it'll tell you how much you could expect to save per month um, with your normal budget and with your high-end kind of budget. So this has been a really handy tool um, that we use in our Freedom Life coaching programs, and uh, you can actually get your hands on it if you join the Move Abroad Crash Course. It is an optional add-on to grab this budget calculator. Um, so if you are interested, uh, just go to moveabroadcourse.com. I'll also link to it in the show notes and just click the button that's like, yes, I want to add on the calculator. You know, like when you're putting your payment details, it's like, would you like this? You can just click yes. Um, and if you're already in the crash course, um, you can grab it later. It's fine <laughs> if you're already in, um, just post in the Facebook group or email support and, and we'll send you a link to grab it. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really, really helpful tool because you can actually go into that conversation prepared and say, Hey, like, if I keep my remote job or if I keep, you know, whatever it is you're doing, or if I get a job on the ground and the average salary is X and I've done the budget research, I can expect to save Y amount, which is actually more than what I'm saving in the US. That actually really appeases (laughs) some money objections right there. Um, All right, so now just remember, A lot of these worries uh, are coming, they're not coming from a place of wanting to put you down. Like a lot of times when your friends and family, they, you know, they have these what ifs, they have these objections. It's not because they don't believe in you. They don't care about you. It's usually because they do care about you, right? Like why, if somebody's concerned for your safety or concerned fi- for your financial stability or concerned for your career, a lot of times that is coming from a place of caring about you. And it might sometimes be a little bit misguided, but usually it is, you know, people have these worries because they care about you. Now, this isn't always the case. You know, sometimes it does come from another place of, you know, like jealousy, let's say if it's a friend or, um, you know, projecting limiting beliefs onto you or worrying about what their friends and family will, or like what their friends and family will think about, you know, you throwing away your career or whatever, if they really care about their image or something like that. So sometimes it does come from a not as nice and supportive place, but a lot of times these fears from your friends, from your family, it's because they care about you and they are just projecting their fears and their limiting beliefs onto you because moving abroad might be something that they've never thought about before, that they haven't done any research into, something they think is scary, out of their comfort zone. And so they're projecting that onto you and they're worried for you because they care about you. You know, if they're worried about your safety, if they're worried about your money, if they're worried about your stability, it's them looking out for you. But they haven't done the research that you've done. They don't know the things that you know. So we just need to have that conversation with compassion around the fact that they don't know. They haven't been listening to my podcast. They haven't been doing the research you're doing. It might not be their dream. So we need to give them some of that information with in a calm, empowered, confident way rather than um, coming in defensive or coming in hesitant and unsure or turning it into an argument. You know, that's one of the best ways to diffuse an argument is if the other person gets heated and you just refuse to engage, like you just refuse to get heated back and you and you respond with compassion and you're like, look, I know you're worried about this and I understand you. 
but here's why it's going to be okay. And even if they get heated, if you refuse to get heated back, it can't become an argument, right? So um, just a reminder as well, we talked about this, I've talked about all the time in terms of self-sabotage, but we don't want to confide fears around moving abroad with people who don't get it. This is one of the biggest, I talked about this in our self-sabotage episode as well. This is one of our our biggest kind of self-sabotage methods that we see pop up, the top five basically self-sabotage, is confiding your fears around moving abroad in people who have never lived abroad, who have no desire to live abroad, who don't get it, and who are actively afraid of living abroad themselves. Because here's what happens, and this is... this is, it's much more common to happen around the holidays because you're around friends and family a little bit more. If you start confiding that you're really afraid of moving abroad, that you, you're not sure if it's going to work out. And you do that with somebody who has never lived abroad, has no desire to live abroad, who is also afraid of living abroad. Even the most well-meaning person who really cares about you and your dreams, they're, you know what the answer is going to be. They're going to say, oh, well, you don't have to go. What if what if you don't go? Or what if you wait and save up more money? Or what if you, you know, like even the most well-meaning person might kind of push you into putting it off till you feel more comfortable, right? Uh, but what most people are going to do is just say, well, then don't go then. If you're worried about your, you know, oh yeah, you should be worried about your career, right? So why why would you move? Like that's kind of risky, isn't it? Or yeah, you know, you you should be a little bit worried. Like, what if you what if you give up your your job and your house? You you sell your house or something. You have your job. You sell your house. You sell all, all your stuff, and then you move and you sell your car, and it doesn't work out. And you come back and you've got nothing. Like, I would be scared too. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should hang on to that stuff. Maybe you should think twice about going. Right? If you start confiding your fears in people who don't get it who don't want to live abroad, who've never wanted to move abroad, who have no desire to do anything around this, it's self-sabotage because you're not going to get helpful advice. You're going to get other people's fears and limiting beliefs projected onto you. So if you're going to them with your fears, they're just going to, they're just going to hold up a mirror and shine those fears right back onto you. And then all you're going to do is feel more afraid. So what you need to do is confide in people who do get it, confide in people who do want this, confide in people ideally who have done it. That's the best person to confide in, um, confide your fears in, is somebody like me who's who's actually done it, right? So uh, what about the sort of emotions that might come up around your move? Uh, you know, for example, like the people who are upset about you moving because they'll miss you, right? This is especially common if you have family who live really close nearby or like a coworker that you're really close with, or that friend that you have brunch with every single weekend and you're leaving, right? Like how do you appease that person? Like what if that person is not necessarily scared for you, they're sad for themselves because they will miss you? Well, one thing that you can bring up is regular Zoom or FaceTime dates. Um, You can use, you can text them anytime using Facebook, uh, Messenger or WhatsApp or um, iMessage if you guys both have iPhones. Um, I keep in touch with everybody that way. Facebook Messenger is usually how I message people. Um, and they can come visit you. Like I have had so many people come visit me abroad. Um, I had friends and 
I had friends come visit me in China. I recently had my childhood best friend uh, visit me in Georgia. Um, I met up with a few friends when I was living in China to travel around Vietnam together. And my parents have visited in China, Vietnam, and Georgia twice. They came to travel around Georgia with us, and then they came again recently, right after Ava was born, like to spend some time with us when she was a newborn. Um, so people can and will come visit you. And so you can always say like, hey, I'm going to be living somewhere really cool. I'll make sure I have a guest room or I'll make sure I have a pullout couch and you can come stay with me. Um, and, and just a reminder too, like I've had people say like, oh, but what about my friends? Like, what if they need me? Or what if something comes up and I'm not there? But just think about this for a second. If a friend is having a hard time do you drop everything and drive to their house immediately right then and there? Or is your first instinct to text or call them? All right now, some of us, I mean, if your friend lives really close or you have that kind of relationship, maybe your, maybe your relationship is to just drop everything and drive straight to their house. But usually if a friend's having a hard time, they, they call you, right? Or you text with them and then you call them right? So you can still do that when you live abroad. Sure, there is a little bit of a time difference, but that's not a huge deal. You can still call or text your friends anytime. Like how often do you really see these people in person, especially if they live in another city? Like I think personally, I see my parents more than I would if I lived in the U.S. because they moved to Palm Desert in California. There's no way I'm living in Palm Desert, Palm Springs, probably if I'm living in the U.S. You know, I, I would probably be in Seattle or, or D.C. where I went to college, right? I wouldn't, even if I lived in California like my brother does, he lives in L.A. That's still like a multiple hour drive to see them. So my parents have joked that they see me more than they see my brother and my brother lives in the same state as them. Because when I do see them, it's so much more intensive and, and it's all quality time, right? Like when I see them, when I come to the U.S., I stay with them in their guest room for like two months. When they come to Georgia, they come and they, we travel around the country together for two weeks. Except this last time because I had a newborn baby. But, but they stayed in an Airbnb in my apartment building. And every afternoon they would come up and sit with us and bring snacks and stuff. So I actually spend more quality time with my parents now what, that I live abroad than when I lived in the U.S. Because I really, like, we really make an effort to hang out, to do things together when we do see each other. And when we do see each other, it's very intensive. And I'm there, you know, when I go home, I'm there for like two months and I'm staying in their house. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll do dinner together, go out to dinner. I've met their friends and done, you know, different events with them. Like, it's much better quality time than... Um, you know, than, than me living in the U.S. and driving over or flying over to visit them for a couple of days at a time or, or an evening or something like that. So uh, same with friends as well that have visited. Like when they visit, like we, you know, when my friend uh, just came to Georgia for two weeks, like they stayed in our guest room and we traveled around Georgia together and, you know, they were here for two weeks and we spent you know, we spent all our time together, right? So it's, it's more intensive quality time. 
Now, uh, what about if people are just really unsupportive? Like, you can tell it's not, you know, it's not completely coming from a place of just being worried about you because they care about you. They are just entirely unsupportive of your dream. Well, um, is this, firstly, I want you to think, like, is this lack of support more about them worrying about you or is it more about them being sad for themselves <laughs> right is this is this worry for me or is it more for them like because that's that's something that comes up is people will kind of put you down to keep you in a place where they can be around you right so it might be you know trying to keep you for themselves um but another thing i want you to think about as well is when people do put down your dreams or your goals and they are just entirely unsupportive, like obviously it's different with your parents, but if it's a friend, I might think like, is this somebody that I really want in my life? Like if they, if you feel like it's coming from a place of jealousy or they're just not listening or they're like, that's a bad idea. And it's, it's not coming from a nice place. I've, you know, I've coached some people who, where, you know, I hear what their friends are saying and I'm like, is this even actually your friend? You know, if, if this person is, because sometimes, and we've, we've talked about this in our episode around failure, um, sometimes people judge you for doing things that are outside of the box, that are outside of that person's comfort zone because they're jealous that they've never done anything outside the box that's outside their comfort zone. They've never gone after their dreams. So they put you down because they don't want you to go after your dreams if they're not going after their dreams. You know, they want to keep you in the same place as them. They don't want you to kind of surpass them, if that makes sense. They want to feel good about themselves for not going after their dreams. So they want to surround themselves with other people who also aren't going after their dreams, if that makes sense. So... If somebody is being really unsupportive or just generally unkind, you might have to consider whether or not this is somebody that you want to maintain a relationship with, whether this is somebody who's actually a supportive friend or family member to you. But if you just think that this, you know, for these friends that are being unsupportive, if if you think it's coming from a place that they're just sad and they're going to miss you and they're upset and they're lashing out because of that, then it might make more sense to just reassure them, right? Like to say, don't worry, you can come visit me. I will hang out with you when I come home. Let's set up regular Zoom, Skype, or FaceTime dates. Now, obviously with our parents, uh, we're not just going to cut out our parents or family as easily as we might like a very unsupportive friend. So what we need to do here is just keep the conversation open and refrain from getting heated. And I know it can be really hard, especially if you have a family member that's very assertive and is like like hardcore putting you down. It can be hard not to get heated as well, especially if you have that kind of relationship. But keeping calm is going to be the solution here. Now, one thing that I see come up time and time again is usually... In my coaching practice, the people who I see that have the most difficult time talking, to, getting their parents on board, 
is actually the people who are parents of immigrants, which is so interesting, right? It's like you're, and we see this a lot with people who've moved to the U.S. because a lot of people that I work with are from the U.S. It's that my parents moved to the U.S. to give me a better life, but yet for some reason, they are not okay with me leaving the U.S., and it happens a lot. And usually when people tell me, oh, my parents are really unsupportive, this and this and that, the way that they're talking about it, I sort of pause and I'm like, are your parents originally from the U.S. or did they move there? And almost always, like nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, yeah, my parents aren't originally from the U.S. And I'm like, OK, here we go. Right. Especially um, in certain cultures as well, like kind of going against what your parents want or going against your parents plans for you. Um, it's, a, it's a no go in certain cultures as well. Um, so usually it comes from a place of I gave up everything to give you a good life in the U.S. or give you a good life in, you know, U.K., Australia, Canada, wherever you're from, right? But I gave up everything to give you a good life in this country and now you're leaving, right? Like this sort of feeling makes a lot of parents who are immigrants feel really upset because it's like, I did all of this to get you here and now you're going to just throw it away. Now you're going to just leave. This was the dream, like... I went after the American dream to give you all of this and now you're just going to spit on it and leave. Even if they don't say it out loud, that might be where it's coming from, right? Like how this, this is the golden standard of the country that I worked so hard to move you to and now you're just going to go. But here's the thing. Um, one thing that kind of helps with that conversation is firstly to thank them and say, you know, you've given me so many incredible opportunities by moving to me, me to, let's say the US, by moving me to the US, you have given me so many incredible opportunities. I have a powerful passport. I have English language privilege. I, you know, you have set me up financially. You know, the, the I, I live in a country where the currency is really strong. I have the ability, you know, now, to do this, to get, you know, a job based in the U.S. and live abroad. Or uh, I have the, the ability to teach English overseas because I'm from, you know, the U.S. or Canada or whatever, and I have a really strong passport and English is my first language. Like, you have set me up to be able to do this. And if you didn't do this for me, I might not be able to, uh, you know, uh, um, I might not be able to, to have my to fulfill my dream of, of living abroad. That's what I'm trying to say, to fulfill my dreams of living abroad, right? So you have given me all of these amazing things and I'm going to use those to live abroad. Another strategy that I suggest employing is to remind them that I'm just doing what you did, right? You left your life to come to this country to give me and yourselves a better quality of life and you worked really hard to do that. Now, I'm just doing the same thing, but I'm doing it in another country, you know, especially if if you're going to the EU or something like that, like you can explain like all of the benefits that you're going to get and say, I'm not giving up being a U.S. citizen. I'm utilizing the resources that you gave me to continue to create a better life for myself by moving to, let's say, Spain, right? And you can say like the world is changing and the EU or UK or Australia or wherever you're moving, um, you know, it, it provides a better quality of life than even the US does. So 
what you've done, I'm just taking it one step further and doing it somewhere else. Now, let's say you're going to be more of a digital nomad and travel, or you're going to countries that, you know, aren't as like wealthy or developed as the one that you're living in. You can, you can talk about the better quality of life. You can say, look, I'm making money in the U.S., but living in this country that's really affordable. And that's amazing because it's going to, it's going to allow me to save up so much more money than I ever could here. So now I can finally buy a house you know, if I do this for X amount of years. And that's something that I wouldn't be able to do if I just stayed in the U.S. or if I just stayed in this country. So you can sort of show them you're building on what they've given you rather than throwing it away. And I've even had, for example, people whose parents are from Mexico and then they're moving back to Mexico and their parents are like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Uh, but they're like, look, you know, I'm going back to Mexico. Yes, but I'm I'm still a U.S. citizen and I can take my U.S. salary and work and live in Mexico and have so much more money for a better quality of life. I can better support you guys in your old older age. Right. Like I'm it's um, it's not me going back. It's me building. Is, is basically the way that I would want to phrase it. And just understand that even if that conversation is heated, it's more coming from a place of like confusion and 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 because they, they did all of these things because they care about you and they care about the family, not necessarily to put you down, even if in the moment it feels like they're putting you down. So this is where coming in calm and not raising your voice or not getting heated back is going to be really helpful. Now, absolute worst case, if people are still, like people just still do not come around, especially like let's say family. I have found that people will come around when they realize that you're serious and see you taking action. Because if you tell somebody, hey, I'm moving abroad, they might not fully believe it and they might think that they can talk you out of it until they see you taking action. Until they see that you've landed that job or you've, you've quit your job to start your online business or freelancing or something and you've gotten your first clients in the door. Um, until you actually start applying for your visa, until you book your plane tickets, People might not come around until they see you taking action. And if they don't, if you start taking action and they still have not come around, almost always they will when they see how happy you are when you're already abroad, right? They might not be supportive right up until you get on that plane, but when they see how happy you are, that's when they'll come around, right? I've never... Uh, at least so far, knock on wood, in my coaching had a situation where, uh, you know, a, a, a very important friend or family member has not eventually come around. Okay, so far. <laughs> I'm not saying it can't happen, but so far. So um, every round of the Freedom Life Accelerator that I run, that's my main coaching program, I always challenge people in the first week to do something. And I'm going to challenge you guys to do this, this as well. So uh, I challenge you to tell someone over the holidays that you are moving abroad. Now, it doesn't have to be a friend or family member. I mean, ideally it would be, but it could be anybody. It could even be like the barista at your coffee shop or some stranger, right? But you want to tell someone, I am moving abroad not I want to move abroad, right? So you tell people, I am moving abroad, or if you don't really have any sort of plan in place, you can say, I am going to move abroad in the next year or two, right? I am or I'm going to, not I want, 
okay? I want <laughs> leaves a lot more p opportunity for people to pick it apart, for people to convince you not to go. It sounds less serious overall. So you want to say out loud to someone, I am moving abroad or I am going to move abroad, not I want. So that is your challenge. That is your homework. Tell one person in your life. It can be a friend or family member over the holidays or it could literally be anybody, right? But saying it, and, I, and so many people in my programs have told me this, once you say it to somebody out loud and you say, I'm going to or I, I am, it all of a sudden becomes so much more serious. It all of a sudden becomes really real. So we're getting rid of I want and we're changing the vocabulary to I am or I am going to, all right? That's what we're doing. So when you do this little homework assignment, when you do this activity, tag me on Instagram at moveabroadcoach or DM me and tell me you've done it and tell me who it was, okay? Um, but I am I'm assigning that homework to all of you. Let me know on Instagram when you've done it or Facebook, that works too. So happy holidays and Merry Christmas, everyone. And I will see you next Tuesday. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Move Abroad Coach podcast. If you're loving what you're learning here, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode or follow Move Abroad Coach on Instagram to keep in touch. And finally, if you're ready to get started on this Move Abroad adventure, head on over to moveabroadcourse.com to join our Move Abroad Crash Course, which will walk you step-by-step -step through the entire Move Abroad process. See you next week.